Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Pitch Pod. I'm your host, Jeff Stebbins. With me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Janner, our resident scholar. How are you doing tonight, Joe? I am doing fine. Glad to be here, as always. Yes, hitting the books, taking looks, taking notes, all the above. Here to play, here to learn. Glad to be a part of the show. Yeah, you know, a lot of people study, study for school, but, you know, Joe is just a student of life. Uh, he, he is a scholar, so uh, we're, we're happy he's with us today as he can kind of share some of his knowledge with us. If we're talking about student of life, definitely a graduate of Hard Knocks. So we are, again, happy right. to be here. And glad to be a part of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. So last week was pretty fun. Hopefully everyone had a chance out there to watch the match. Joe, can you take us through that, please? Sure. Chelsea versus Arsenal, or reverse that, Arsenal versus Chelsea. London Derby, a well-contested match in the sense that it was physical, and, I mean, both sides came out to play. It wasn't ever a doubt that, that would be the case. For me, it was a little chippy and a little bit stop, too much stoppage for me. Not much flow, not much fluid football match from either side. And I think even the result is indicative of that with the 1-0 win. And even further, the goal sc- scored by Arsenal was just that. I mean, I, I put me down for saying terrible corner kick, but does it matter if, the result is a goal, the winner in the contest. I think not. We talked about it before. It could have been maybe easily Saka's goal had it let it in, but Gabriel was there to finish. Job done. Stay atop the table. Well done, Arsenal. Good for y'all. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the you know cleanest game that we've seen, especially from a team that's this quality of Arsenal. And it's pretty hard to believe off the corner kick at that level, we see that ball somehow squeeze through the middle, all this intersections of players here or there, and it is squeezed, squeezed, squeezed by, as you said, it was headed to go, to go right in the back of the net, even if it hadn't been touched at the last second there. So even the goal itself was not, you know, not what you want to see as a viewer. I agree. But for Arsenal, it's another win in the books, right? I would agree. You have to wonder the day after the next day they got into training if both sides weren't doing some extra push-ups or rolling across the turf there for a ball that gets to be played in there and bounce a couple times in the box without anybody touching it. I mean, obviously it was finished, but someone's got to get to that ball before that. But, hey, again, doesn't matter. The goal. Again, Arsenal that it was fortunate on their end to – in the back of the net and was the winner. So a win for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. It wins a win. Um, but hopefully in this next match, this upcoming match, it's, you know, a little bit, a little bit better play. And it's, it should definitely be a fairly even match. We have Newcastle versus Chelsea. Newcastle is currently third in the league. Chelsea is currently seven. 
with relatives it looks like we got 27 points for newcastle 21 points for chelsea and it looks like the predictions thus far it looks like most people are giving a 41 percent odds of newcastle winning chelsea with 31 percent, and the remainder are voting for a draw does that make sense to you so far i think so i mean you the current form of newcastle what we've been looking at over the course of the week, both teams were involved in the FL Cup and the Caribou Cup this week. Chelsea loses Manchester City. Newcastle wins. At Newcastle at home. St. James is going to be rocking. I think their fan base has got to be probably one of the most more excited than anything. I mean, we could talk, not to go back too far about where Arsenal is sitting at the top of the table, but I think that probably most everybody has to admit that there's, there's a surprise that Newcastle sitting there at third right now. And so I think that's one of the reasons all of us are excited about this match to see if here they are. This would be a game again for me that they got to show that they're at that level. They take care of business, should, and but it, I'm really excited. It's got to be a buzzing there already, thinking about the, what this match is going to look like and what it's going to feel like and the, and the possible potential result for them to continue to separate themselves from other contenders. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes sense to me as well when I look at those odds. I, I figure Newcastle would get the get the majority of the vote there, forty one to thirty one percent again. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised Newcastle. It's not more of a forty seven percent, forty eight percent, but uh, either way, it's it, it should be a pretty competitive game. And Newcastle's just been on a streak lately. I think you mentioned it previously. But how many wins are they coming off of right now? Well, in league alone, this is they've had four wins in combination. Then I mean, really great form with what they've been doing in the other competition, like I mentioned, the EFL Cup. So they're winning and they're performing well. They have a, a squad that, from the goalkeeper Nick Pope, who's who's shown a form of well performance competition so far in the league and, and what he's done all, all the rest of the course of the season to to players up top that are exciting. I mean, Almiron is one of the top goal scorers in the league. You have other players in the squad that are, have been contributing, have been performing well. You got a Joe Willock that uh, has shows up and is contributor to the side as well. And I think so you're excited about the way that they're playing and you're excited about their reversal in their results in the sense that they're out there performing and playing really well, really exciting football, and that's something to be excited about. That's Again, when you look at the table and you see Newcastle in third this far into the season, this is one of those measures that reason why the English Premier League is the top league in the world. A club with the history and a club with, the again, the support of a Newcastle doing well, you got to be excited about it. Absolutely. And speaking of Almiron, how important is he to this team? I think very important in the sense that he is the guy that consistently has been showing up to score goals. I don't want to go out on a limb and say that it was a huge surprise or it's something that could have happened. But at the same time, I don't know that there's a lot of people out there that are going, okay, yeah, he's going to be scoring. Newcastle is going to be in third. I mean, could we talk about the fact that they've only lost one game? You know, and who else has only lost one game? Guess what? Number two, Manchester City, and number one. So they're right there with it. And, they I mean, again, 
not to get too far from the, the topic of Almiron, but I think it's important that he is a contributing factor to those results and to where they sit. Yeah, he's a big goal scorer. And whenever he gets the ball, he, he can always do something dangerous with it. I, I agree. I know that when Eddie Howe initially took over this team, there's a lot of criticism, kind of similar to Graham Potter's situation, where they weren't sure if he was the guy or not. They struggled initially. So now that the team is kind of hitting this hot streak, having this success, has he cemented the fact that he is the guy he's going to take them where Newcastle needs to go? Or are there still questions that remain? What do you think? I think that a lot of those questions have been answered in the sense that he has taken them and shifted their perspective as far as with their approach to the game. It's a more fluid attacking football. They're, they're right there okay with being putting themselves out there to challenge others. And I think that, that he's done well to, to take what he has to work with and make the most of it without having maybe those top-tier names in the squad, but just doing really well with a mix of different personnel. And, and I think that's an in, indicator of the level of manager that he is. And so today, here we are talking about Newcastle being third because of what, his, what he's done for the job. I mean, his job and what he's done – is I think a big part. I mean, obviously the players on the field, we talked about this before, they got to go out and get do their job, but he certainly, I think, positioned themselves to be where they are. So I, w- I would give a big nod to him being the guy right now, a third of the way through the season. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And the Newcastle fans, I know they're rallying behind him because they've, they've been long awaiting a season like this. Am I right? I mean, yeah, you said it. I think, and that's what I think is most exciting about where they are is the, those fans, they, they, they support, they could be maybe some of the world's best supporters in terms of what they want. And to have this for them, I'm really happy for them that they are experiencing this now. And I, I would like to see this continue. I would like to see continued results go their way. I would like to see continued performance, the, the style of football that they're playing and what they're doing and having names that are, you know, at the top of the headlines, if you will, for, for goals and performance. So I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah. Looking at Chelsea, you know, they, they've struggled as of late. They've had some close matches, matches with some top tier teams, but they haven't had a real victory for a while now. And, and Graham Potter, the new manager, there's been some criticism around him. So how important is this match for Chelsea, would you say? I think it's got to be important. I think there's a lot where they are, I mean, being seventh and, you know, they do have a game in hand. They, they are not as far behind if you consider that. So I don't know that it's, everything's riding on this. I think a lot of what people are going to continue to look at is performance over results. Cause I think we talked about last episode. I think they're going to give him the support for this, the whole season. I think that we know, or I would like to speculate that that's the case. So I, but I think more so than anything, what Chelsea supporters and the rest of the people are going to be looking at is, is the performance. Are they going out there? Are the guys that he's selecting? Is what their plan, or lack their plan, is it going to show up? So I think that's partially what the, the factors are, what's going to be indicated there is how well they play with what they have to go. For me, I, I got to wonder, is it time to make some some changes? I mean, they have been, for the most part, been playing with three at the back. You had, I mean, even a Pulisic and a Sterling playing in, in wingback roles. I think that we saw in, in against Arsenal. I mean, minimal numbers of players going forward in the attack. It's just kind of putters out and kind of a little bit stale, and the chances they have don't quite happen. When you do have that level of talent on a side like that, you expect more. I think that's what a lot of the criticism is 
against Chelsea is that you expect more with what they have to work with. Yeah, that makes sense. They just need to be able to come out and compete and show that they're improving and the wins will come. It, it, that's not an urgency uh, issue. The, as long as they're competing and getting better, uh, the fans will rally behind him and, and, uh, and the team should start to straighten out and, and correct from their recent uh, fall off. I agree. Is there anything specific? I know you mentioned Sterling, but is there anything specific besides that that you would do if you were managing Chelsea personally? If they've had the time and taken the time, I know with the congestion of matches, I, I got to question what they're doing in training because I, I think that they need to move on from what they've been doing with a three in the back. I think that they, a lot of folks have been looking at where how they could be set up to play with four in the back this upcoming fixture. I think that's a part of it. I think that could free up. I mean, if you can get those fullbacks, I know maybe personnel-wise they're without Reese James, so maybe that's a part of his decision. Cucurella, I don't see him as being a natural center back, so him to play that left center back role, I kind of wonder if that's been a part of it. So, so maybe they line up with four in the back as a means to try to push their fullbacks forward to get in more attacking positions. Then, then the other players can be within a system that's more fluid and attacking rather than somewhat kind of playing a little too direct for me in a sense that it's just kind of one dimensional as well. So, I think that's a big part of the change that would need to take place. I'm, I'm suggesting it, predicting that that could be a part of what they need to do to then turn around and get the results. So we to see if they go along that way. But again, knowing how it works, they have to find the time to train it. It's not like you're going to put these guys in a position, in a, in a formation, and just go with it. I hope that they would have put some time into training, whether not only this last week, but previously, so that they can make these adjustments in these type of matches. I think it's going to be a struggle if they continue to do what they've been doing. Right, right. Speaking of formations, uh, for this week, I expect Eddie Howe. I expect the Newcastle to come out with a 4-3-3. They've had a lot of proven success in that formation, so I expect them to at least initially start in that for this upcoming match um, and, and, and see how that works out. But I, I expect that's what they'll start with, and I expect they'll have good results with that formation and, and continue to use that. Which... Formation are you thinking Chelsea's going to start with? I mean, if it goes back to what I think, as far as making a shift, there's four in the back. You have the personnel to play maybe two holding mids. You have I, Pulisic, I think his most natural position would be out there playing on the left wing. I, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Certainly they're maybe playing underneath or, or playing out on the right. And then you got a Havertz and you got a, a mount that could be maybe interchanged. One is a center forward, one playing underneath is an attacking center. So a 4-2-3-1 I think is suitable. Again, whether they took the time to train it, I don't know. So it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. That's that's why I see something like that. I'd be surprised if they don't start off with something along those lines. So as I say it, and as I've, we've talked about, it's been so many question marks. Like, what is this Chelsea team going to do? Could they just maybe just stick with the three? So, I mean, you got me there, Jeff. I, I really – would like to say that they're going to do one thing or the other, but I think it's as you know unpredictable as they've been. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll find out either way. We'll find out what they end up going with. As far as predictions go, what are you what are you leaning on for this upcoming match? Well, before we go into this week's prediction, did we not give kudos for your perfecto? Your 
result from last week, first of all, we should mention that. I'm not going to let that go. I mean, again, as a scholar, I'm taking note. I, I know where we were and what we're doing. I I, I will personally, if, since you didn't want to pat yourself on the back, give you accolades for that perfecto last week, 1-0 result. Going to this week, for me, I mean, I, at least, hey, maybe it's something to build from off. I, I did pick the correct result, didn't pick the correct score line. So I'm going to this with a little, trying to build a little bit of momentum, try to get myself in a respectable standing Within the pitch pod, I got to pick Newcastle to win. I really think that everything we put out there and everything we said, it's a, it's a Newcastle win. I know a lot of people say it could go either way. That kind of goes along with the 41% the probability line measure. But I got Newcastle winning. I got them winning 2-1. All right. 2-1, Newcastle winning. All right. So I had already previously written down my prediction. Now that I hear Joe's, you know, do I change it last minute? Does that make me question my prediction? But coming off of uh, a big, a big, uh, a big prediction from last match, I have to go with my instinct here. And so I hate to just copy what you predicted, but I had already written down Newcastle win 2-1. There we are. And I think that's what's exciting about this match between Newcastle and Chelsea in the sense that whichever the result is, I think these are two teams that are going to go out and play it knowing that this is the last match before the international break. And when we talk about the international break, it's the international break in all capitals, the World Cup that we're so excited about, the 2022 edition, which the Pitch Pod is excited to have new content for you related specifically to that. We'll have our predictions. We'll have our brackets. We'll, have our, we'll put ourselves out there picking individual matches even. And by all means, a prediction on the champion of this upcoming World Cup. So we're excited, Jeff. You're excited, I know. Yeah, we got, we got. Oh, oh, I can't wait. And and like Joe said, we got some great World Cup content that we're planning for everybody. We have our brackets, we have our teams, so we can't wait to share that with everybody. As always, please like, subscribe, and we can't wait to see you for our next episode. Keep pitching out there. In a game, the round ball, round posts, anything can happen.